All right, my friend and guest, Larry Mazza, back on Series and Cylinders Outcasts. How you doing, Larry? Excellent. Can't complain at all. Everything Great. is wonderful. Good, good. So if those of you who have not seen my interview with Larry, I will put it the original interview in the description. But Larry was a, a former maid member of the Colombo crime family during the time when the uh, mafia was at its height in the 70s, 80s, into the 90s. And he served under some powerful people like um, uh, Greg Scarper and Anthony Scarpati, right? That was his name? Scappy. Mm -hmm. Scappy, yep. Yes. So uh, we're going to be talking about the good things that have been happening in your life. And then we're going to get on yep. to, after that, we're going to get on to your opinion about what's been happening in Staten Island and Jersey. There was a major arrest mm -hmm. last week. Yeah, I but, read about it. Yeah, me too. Before yeah. that, let's get to what's happening with you. Well, uh, I've got a another podcast tomorrow mm -hmm. it's uh actually they're flying me out to new york to do it and it's a british company england also mm -hmm. scotland that that area that hits about three three million subscribers so they're really been around big it's a, it's, a, it's a real good one for me because i've got some good news uh you know i paired up with terence winter and i had joe paletto uh you know, his partners in the mob TV thing. Mm -hmm. And he wrote the script and he's uh, it's in development and he's working with some networks to get the ball rolling as far as funding and ideas for how many seasons and all of that stuff. So it's made it to the next level where it's actually in the hands of the number one writer, uh, top producer. He may even direct this himself. Uh, he, you know, I couldn't be in a better spot. So I believe it's really going to be happening after the holidays. A lot's going to be, you know, signed, sealed and delivered. Very nice. Now, who is who now uh, for the people who don't know who Terrence Winter is and Joe Paletto, you said his name was right. Well, yeah, Joe Paletto has been in this business. Uh, uh, the, I guess the show business uh, for many, many years. He, he also was in Microsoft and made a, Good, good mark for himself there, but also as part of HBO, uh, he was spearheaded the uh, HBO Comedy Central from years back. Wow, yeah. So, yeah, he's got that rolling. He's got some incredible marketing and media connections. He has uh, a production company. He has musical production company. He's just a, a mega successful guy that does a lot, and he's a fantastic guy. He's not, mm -hmm. you would never know to meet him except when he flies you on his private plane you know, <laughs> yeah yeah well you know it's to... hard to hide but outside of that he and he's very good about putting me in the best hotels that you you can't even imagine some of the places he's booked me in but anyway so that's joe paletto terrence winter is really the number one writer for, for the mob genre right now he's he's written the ones the ones that he was successful with sopranos everybody knows that wow Boardwalk Empire. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, he came on about halfway through Sopranos, but he did the whole Boardwalk Empire. He did uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Really? Yes. And we've had some funny conversations about that. I'll, I'll tell you one of them in a minute. All right. And he, uh, he was on the Tulsa King. He was brought in because the writer there, who other people know from Yellowstone, um, Taylor Sheridan, I won't get into too much about his personality, but he's not really well liked, but he's good <laughs> with cowboy stuff. He's good with cowboy stuff. He really 
didn't have the writing for this Stallone part in Tulsa King. So they brought in Terry and he got it to another level and Stallone loved it and they ran with it and they started doing it. The good thing for me was, I guess this uh, Taylor Sheridan got a little jealous and him and Terrence weren't getting along. So Terrence stepped down. And as soon as he did, mine became number one priority. It was next oh. on his list. So it moved me up. I might have been stuck waiting another year or two for this. Yeah, Tulsa right. But, yeah. Uh, he told me he was stepping down. I took it with a grain of salt. I said, that's something hard to walk away from. You got Stallone. It's a success. Yeah, right. But he did. And now he's doing mine. He wrote the script. I read the script uh, for a pilot, you know, and it's really what I envisioned it to be. A little bit of humor from the guys being together, the normal stuff. Right. Uh, there's going to be some violence because to introduce a guy oh. like Greg, there's no other way. Yeah, right. And yeah, and uh, you know he leaves it at the at the end where you're really wondering where this is all going to go. Right, you know, right, people right. know my story with the affair with his wife and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, I can't even call it an affair anymore because it was out in the open eventually, and it was more than that. It was you know there were true feelings, so. It, lasted 10 years because of that you know right right, uh, right. but uh so that's all done like i said it's great so that's who those two guys are okay. i was the one that originally told joe that with all these tv stations you got this tv that tv up this tv down that tv white black every kind of tv you could think of there was no mob tv right right, they put right, it right. together and they're more it's moving along that's where i did my talk show the only mm -hmm. reason we didn't do the third season is because now we're rolling with the life becoming a series. So I got to be at their disposal. So I can't be off filming a, a talk show. Okay. Uh, so that's why that was put on hold. But uh, now is the life going to, sorry, that, is the, is the no, life going to no. be a docu-series or it's going to be an actual show? Series like the Sopranos. Really? Gonna be, that's fantastic. Gonna be, Heavyweights <clears throat> will be playing Greg, myself, and Linda. Then there'll be a lot of new faces or faces that we know that are normally in these mob movies uh, that'll be playing less about. So I'm going to have a part. Uh, oh. I'm not sure yet who. Uh, we've. I could tell you who we've discussed, and I think it would be fun. I could play my father. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And Terry said, you know, the audience would really take to that, to see sure. you play your father. That told me not to do the things I'm doing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So it would be good, you know. There's other potentials, you know. Wild Bill was brought up because, uh, how do I say this without sounding conceited? Uh, it wouldn't be a far stretch of an act. We was we had a lot of similarities, you know. Uh, we both were well dressed. We both always had my hair. Still always, I hope. Yeah. Nice. You know, we. Uh, we can speak well. You know, I've been told I'm pretty good looking, so he was good looking. Right, so, I mean, right. it wouldn't be a hard, hard part to play. Right. So right, that was right. one that was brought up. But we're talking about other people for other parts, too. And one of them, and you're getting a lot of this first before anybody. Tomorrow night, this is all coming out, so don't worry. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you got the, uh, uh, a name that comes up, and there's pictures of him where he looks a lot like Junior Persico. And really? I had this conversation with him about probably five years ago. I said, you could play Junior Persico. And he looked at me and he said. That's a very I distinguished can? look. That's a, that's a. Yeah. Who you oh, wait, there's a picture. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with the picture. You'll, okay. you'll, you'll be, you'll say, wow, that's uncanny. Yeah. 
Okay. Because even when I sent it to Terrence, he said, I thought it was who I'm about to say. I right. thought it was him. Okay. And he looked at me and he said, you really think I could play him? I said, you kidding me, Bob? <laughs> Robert De Niro. Really? To play Junior Persico is a, is a, is a thought and a, you know, a certain something that I know I love. And Terry did lots of work with him, with Scorsese. Right. Uh, I'm hoping Scorsese comes on and at least directs the pilot. That would be great too. That's you know, fan- him and, that's fantastic. And him Ter- yeah, him and Terrence are real tight. You know, as a matter of fact, anything that almost anything that Scorsese does now, he has Terry write it. So that's a good thing. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's just been real, really went to a point where uh, you know, I was I always downplayed it. And I always mm-hmm. told people the stars got to align. It's very tough, right? Very right, tough right. to get over the finish line, you uh-huh. know. But the ones who don't quit and don't say no. And two people told me, De Niro told me, don't take no for an answer because he loved it. He thinks it should be there. But a guy like him, he's got probably 20 projects in front of him at all times. Right. So right, what is right. he going to do? Say, all right, stop production for Larry. I mean, I get right. it, you know, but there you, you got to just keep going because somewhere there'll be that fit where they're looking for something, you know. And now with the new streaming thing going on, there's a need for content. And sure. that's why that that strike came about because what's happening is big places like prime Netflix, they are only interested in subscriptions. They don't care if the quality is good. How many times you go on Netflix and you turn it, you, you look, oh, turn it off, turn Gosh. it off, turn yes. it off. And, and you wind up watching something you probably saw where like reservoir dogs. That's right. It's it. true. Yeah. That's what I do too. So they may wind up with a, company like let's say you know maybe hbo maybe hulu because hulu's got 60 million 60 million viewers yeah where they introduce it it might even come out on mop tv mm-hmm. first once we get hooked up with somebody like that with hbo or showtime so there's a lot of things happening right now that you know i can't do anything about but uh but to get the stars finally aligned where it's got to the finish line now it's a matter of just you know uh moving forward that's that's absolutely fantastic larry I'm, I'm really really happy for you did you ever think i mean if you really think about you know 20 years ago what what, what it was you were sitting in a jail cell right mm-hmm. well, and now yeah yeah oh yeah. uh, 25 years ago 30 or whatever it is you were sitting yeah 23 was, booth count okay you you were sitting in a, in a jail cell and yeah. would you ever think that you would be this successful outside of the uh the underworld well I, I, I never quit dreaming about the future. I never quit uh, with the good thoughts about where I'm going to go when I get out, my, my, mm-hmm. my new life. So I, I, I did, but never, I knew I would get back in the business and I opened my gym. Let's say that. I knew my book, I would finish it. And I, I knew the story was so unbelievable. I had people tell me since I was in jail, uh, the jail people, the prosecutors, lawyers, they couldn't believe it. So they all told me, FBI agents said, you got to make a movie out of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, know? it's a very unique story. Yeah. It's not yeah. your typical mafia story. Right. Yeah. Right. There right. is no other story where somebody gets introduced the way you did. It's it's no. unbelievable. No. And and uh, there's there's other people that like you know, Nick Colegi say it probably could never happen again. Right, right, right. You know, and another fellow, Lawrence Roller, who wrote a book about corruption in horse racing, 
he was one of the corrupt drivers back mm-hmm. in the day at Monticello and Roosevelt and Yonkers. Really? So he wrote a book and, he, and I was on his show, but uh, he said the same thing. How could it ever happen again? I mean, yeah, you know, right. it's just unheard of. So, but, uh, but no, I, I always thought that I can get this book out and I, you know, but I thought a big publishing company would take it, but they don't because I was really a nobody. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the big flashy name <clears throat> and I, you know, it's the way I lived my life before, mm-hmm. you know, that's right. why there's still arguments over my status in the family because I didn't go out running around broadcasting it and looking to meet people. Jimmy and I were very low key and quiet. We were happy with our lives. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, 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 I lost my train of thought. Where were we going with that? Um, yeah, you were talking about um, uh, that you have to make a movie out of it. Uh, yeah, oh, right. So I wrote the book, and I thought a company would come and give me some money up front. They don't offer enough unless mm-hmm. you're like right now. They'd offer, they'd probably offer Hunter Biden five million. Right, 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 right. You yeah, know, right, they'd right. probably offer Trump's kids a few million for their stories. You right. know, they're all worldwide names. For me, I'm gonna tell you what I was offered: thirty thousand. I said, right. thank you. I'll keep it and I'll do it myself. And I would would put my nose to the grindstone and doing book sales and doing the mob talk shows, going to Vegas. That was a big one for me. The, the uh, Mob Museum was a great show. Mm-hmm. Got me a lot of notoriety. Uh, but I just kept doing it and selling books on my own. I, I surpassed that right. by far. Right. So now, if this does be... So my getting back to your question... But I didn't quit. I kept mm. going and going and going. Then when I met the different people, I wanted to do documentaries. I wanted one done on me. And, you know, people done them on me, but I wasn't part of it. So I wanted to do one of my own. That didn't happen. I just kept plugging away. Next thing I know, De Niro sends out a message that he would like me to be his consultant. I did that. Then I got in a movie with him. You know, and so things just for perseverance, I wouldn't quit. And I still did, even though it didn't come through. The story never got to the screen yet, but I kept pushing, waiting, you know, doing everything I had to do, everything I had to do that a, that a co-producer would do, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the groundwork, meeting people, signing books, all the publicity. That's part of production. Sure, it's got to get out there. People got to know it's not only about putting up the money. There's a lot. There's blood equity, blood right. and sweat. I got a ton of that in. Yeah, hours. so. I didn't quit my gym. I started out with a small gym. Uh, actually, started out working in the gym. Developed clients. Got a good knack for doing what I was doing. I was liked in the town, and I, one thing led to the other. Next thing I know, I'm training people all day long. Right. So now I says, all right, I got to get my own gym. I did it. Had a little help from the family, of course, early on when I first came home. Uh, but from the little help they gave me. Now your blood got, family, right? Your blood. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes yeah. They're right. the only ones that will truly help you anyway. Uh, yeah, right. The rest, it's what's in it for them. So I got like a, you know, with the inside and outside, it's probably 10,000 square feet. So it's a big facility. That is uh, big. You know, we've got a lot of clients. I got a bunch of trainers working in there. And uh, it's that's going fantastic, too. So, uh, that, you know, I, I did believe in myself. I knew I'd come out and I knew I'd make it back because if I never went, chose the direction I chose, I would have been successful in something. And again, if that sounds egotistical, I apologize to anybody who takes it that way. No, it's not. And and people that know me know that I'm a driven person. Right. And I, even my father used to call me a sore winner. (laughs) (laughs) When he would coach me in baseball, the Bears, he said, you won the game. 
I said, yeah, but I missed two foul shots there. Right, you know, right, 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 right. I was just nuts like that. And I still but have to it's, it's not It's not conceited or, or whatnot or arrogant <clears throat> because I've had this conversation with my oldest brother because, you know, we talk about my podcast and whatnot. Right. And I was like, out of all the guys that um, that are on social media now that were former mob members, I said, there were only two guys that you could tell were more than street thugs and were and if they if you put them in any situation, they would have you know, been successful. I said, one is Michael Frances and the other one is Larry Mazza. Well, thank and, you. And you're welcome. And the other guys, you could kinda, yeah, the other guys you could tell they were kind of thugs. They were, they were, you know, mm-hmm. they were criminals. You know? <laughs> right. yeah. um, and, and that's pretty <clears throat> a part of the reason why, and it's probably a good segue into what you want to talk about, why it keeps falling apart. Because mm-hmm. guys are not happy running a racket. Running a racket isn't easy. I'm talking about a numbers business, a sports business, a horse business, a Shylock business, the traditional businesses. Mm-hmm. It's easier to go swindle a, a, a company out of money. It's easier to go infiltrate a union if you're that right. powerful and strong and you can right. go walk in and abuse people like that. It's right. easier and it's faster money. Right. I right. never got into any of that. I was happy with the long term sports business that i would have forever right right. you know right, by building right. so that's the difference in a lot of and and like for, i'll just go lead into your opening if it's okay i just I, I wanted i had a couple of questions uh yeah, about the show please. before we get into that yeah. the first thing is are you going to be filming in the old neighborhood or has it even come to that yet it, it yeah you're going to get the first right here i okay. heard just today okay because i've been hearing a lot of these type of things are filmed now in toronto or other places because it's a lot less money. Right, right, right. A lot less because to close down, let's say Park Avenue to do a hit scene. Yeah, right. Is going to cost the company, the, the production company, literally a million dollars for licenses. Yeah, a freaking fortune. In yeah, Toronto, right. they let you do it for free because they want the publicity. Ah, okay, okay. So, but I heard today that Terrence wants to do it all in New York and New Jersey because ah, okay. he's got it this high esteem. His mind is thinking it's worth yeah. all of that. So yeah. when I heard that today, I got, again, I got humbled. I said, wow, you know, right there, you're going to go probably right to where some of the hit scenes took place. Mm-hmm. Some of the dinners we had, I think he likes the appeal of some of the restaurants because he knows the Terrence is from my neighbor. He went to school across the street from me. Oh, did he really? Yeah. He went to Grady. Oh, okay. Sure, and sure. We, and we're the same age, so we had to cross each other and, you know, walk into school or at the, the diner down the street. Right, you know. right, right. Uh, and he has a law degree. He became a lawyer, but he's doing much better now. Right, uh, yeah, so right. I bless him. So he was talking about that, and I said to myself, wow, he's really got this uh, high optimism mm. to already say, no, this is going to New York, because that considerably i mean i can't even put a number on it what that does to the budget yeah i can imagine yeah. right, right big right. there because a lot you know but i'm going back to the restaurants you know like he's friends with the same a uh, uh, mutual friend we have is the owners of brennan and Carr, a roast beef place okay i'm not sure if you're familiar with that i don't remember it's, them yeah well it's on avenue and uh neptune avenue the only no, roast, I'm, the only roast beef place roast, I remember is Roland Roast. <laughs> Roland Roast, that's second best. That's second yeah. best. It's on Avenue and Nostrand Avenue. Nostrand, I mean. Okay. And we went in there a lot, and he did too. And I think 
and it's such an authentic old Brooklyn place. I don't think he could get away from that. We're not going to go set up some fugazi place. We got the real deal. Right. Same thing with Nathan's. When we go to Nathan's, we had a yeah. lot of meetings at Nathan's. How do you duplicate that? Yeah. If you want the real feel of what was going on, you know, so that's uh, an incredible are you, positive. Are you going to go back to 13th Avenue uh, and uh, the, the I neighborhood? Imagine, yeah, well, I've been there so many times already, but yeah. Oh, yeah that's I, great. Okay. I, I don't doubt that at all. We're probably going to have all those caddies parked right in front of the spot that was the club and us yeah. guys standing out there and coming in and out. And whoever's playing Greg, that we don't know, you know. Uh, I had some ideas. Uh, but I can tell you my idea because it's just my opinion. Did you see the movie uh, No Country for Old Men? Sure, with that, sure. I forget the the crazy guy's name. Uh, yeah, that would be a good but, one. Yeah, that would minute, be a good one. Yeah, You got to think about it now. I mean, in that movie, he has long hair. Yeah. But he has a comb over like Greg did already. Yeah, so that's just right. Short, he has a very deep voice. You put sunglasses on him with or without the mustache. And the deep voice and his stone look, yeah, that and hard he can, look. You could clearly play I a psycho, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I don't know if you guys have talked about this yet, but uh when Terrence went to the Sopranos, the original Sopranos, there, there wasn't this push for this whole uh woke nonsense and so on and so forth. So it gave right. it more of a definitely more of a uh a realistic, I mean, it was the most realistic show. Uh, I mean that I've ever ever seen or anybody's ever seen. But then when when they did the prequel, they kind of threw this woke stuff in and so on and so forth. Uh, now, we talked about that. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, that's there's no place for that. Uh, listen, I, I I don't <clears throat> I don't see how because it's a time piece, you know, it goes back that they can do that. There are ways because let's say this. I'll just throw this out there. This hasn't been discussed, but it's a great question. And I've mm -hmm. had it. I says, look, we can't have Joe Pesci having a boyfriend if he's playing a heavyweight gangster. Right. We can't have him in bed or kissing his boyfriend. It's, it's just, you can't do it. Yeah, okay. Right. If people are that way, that's fine. We don't care. But that mm -hmm. movie, there's no place for it, my opinion. And I don't see how they're going to do it. But, but a lot of wise guys owned what were gay bars years ago. They own them because they made a fortune. Right, right, right. So right. we can have something like that. You can have where you have a little, if he wants. I mean, that's not my call by no means. Uh, I did date a black girl once. I did, and, and she was Miss Jamaica, so I'm not ashamed of it. She was a knockout. You know, right, she right, won right. a beauty contest. And it's not like I was going to marry her at the time. I mean, it was different you know, in the yeah. late, you know, early 80s. Sure. You know, it was not, you know good for the neighborhood or whatever. And again, uh, but uh, who's going to say no to Halle Berry? Right, right, right. You know, so, all right. So that's a possibility. If you want to sprinkle a little of that in. I dealt when I was building my business, I had ex-teammates from football and basketball that were other races, mm -hmm. Spanish, black, and they were in Coney Island. And they got involved with the numbers and the sports business with me. Okay, so, yeah. Naturally, we're not forcing that, you know, right. uh, it's there, We, you know, and then when it comes time for the legal end of it, there was a lot of black prosecutors. There were a lot of black FBI agents, Chinese FBI. I remember one day they were on a corner doing surveillance. They were making believe they were fixing their car. And in, and I laugh about it now. I laughed about it then in the book on 13th Avenue. 
you it's you're really not going to see a black guy and a Chinese girl no. like they're married, especially it then. Just, then. Yeah, back then. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. they're sitting on my corner, and in there, and they were in their red car that we already knew. Right, and they would like make them leave. They were fixing their car, and when we come, they're looking. I mean, they're, they're not even so trying. They're not. It was even comical. Trying. I said, yeah. "Yeah, you should have put. You should have had a sign on it. We are the FBI." I mean, yeah, right, you know, right, right. Then right. maybe I want to believe that I said it full of shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Now, so, can you can you tell me what podcast you're going to be on tomorrow? The name of it. It's Wait. well, I you know it's funny. I don't know the name off the top of my head, but okay. the name of the guy is James English. Okay. So you can look him up. If you just Google search him or uh, that's what I did. And the name is, it does come up, but and it okay. might be that James English thing, but right, I, right, I really right. didn't need to know that. And you know, like I said, my wife handles all my Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, that end of it, so she may know, but now are you when you go on that show, are you gonna be talking about your life or are you gonna be talking about the show? Or are you gonna be talking about both? Well, probably everything. Probably okay. gonna want to know about my background because again, this is gonna be predominantly in England and Scotland. So, I mean, I know I'm known there because there were some English documentaries, but this would be maybe a real big one for this guy. Sure, sure. Us to get, you know, some much more in depth about the story. So we're going to probably spend it's going to it's going to be two to three hours. So uh, it's in a studio, obviously. And um, I shouldn't say obviously, Uh, but I would imagine they're going to ask me for my background, how I grew Mm -hmm. up, you know, the normal. Right. And right. I'll go through it. And then yeah. hopefully the ending is what's going on today. You know, when sure, I do my sure. speeches or I do uh, any kind of show, I start out where I am today. It's uh, a lot more. It's a lot more interesting when people hear the names of the people I'm around now, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and then I it's easy to say, but, you know, the way I got here. And if you watch the mom museum, you'll see that's where that's where it came up by mm-hmm. accident, because. I thought it was a question and answer thing. They told me, no, you're doing a speech the night before. No, oh, wow. So, so I walked up and down the Vegas Strip with Kelly, just back and forth. And I was thinking, I said, okay, I know how to do this. And I formulated it in my head. Next day I got up there and I, you should watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. So, I'll definitely check the it out. The Mob Museum, you go to the, the, the website and it's called Not So Glamorous. Okay. Mob Museum, yeah. Not So Glamorous. Yeah, I'll actually, really I'll, I'll, I'll actually have it in the description area. Yeah, that's my first uh, major speaking event. Okay. And, you know, I've, I think I've come a long way since, but people think it was great anyway.